Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance, to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Keller, and my uh, trusty sidekick, main kick, who's stretching on the other side of the screen, Matt McNeil. Another week, buddy, another podcast. That's it, man. How often should we be moving? You said every thousand seconds. Every thousand seconds. You set know, your alarm on your on your phone or on your watch or something every thousand seconds just move a little bit you know it, you made a i think you brought it up once before on uh one of the other podcasts that one of the other things you use also to help um you know use the, there's a, a couple of tools that you use one is the is the watch yep. that you know it, it vibrates to say hey get up and move and the other one i think you brought up was uh, uh something to help with the sleep now we're going to get on that subject today mm. but you were talking about the ring that's something else that it's another tool that people can wear that, that helps yeah. uh, to gate to give Bio-tracker them feedback. devices fee- yeah, yeah and the, actually the ring but there's there's another one called the apollo neuro that i beta test for uh and use which is a a little device that it looks like a you can put it on your wrist or your uh, ankle. I, I put it on my ankle. My wife always says I look like I'm I'm on an ankle monitor. <laughs> She's like, "Did you commit a crime <laughs> that I don't know about? <laughs> is that why you never leave?" <laughs> oh, honey, it's really just it's a <laughs> yeah. test product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wink, yeah, wink, yeah. yeah, wink, wink, wink. Yeah. Why are the honey. Why are the cops outside? <laughs> don't worry they, about them. They, they're monitoring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny they don't want me to keep the product (laughs) yeah but it so the apollo neuro we can have a we can talk about this another time but it it vibrates at a certain frequency to stimulate or upregulate or downregulate parasympathetic nervous system uh and it's like there's evidence-based and it's pretty cool i'm i'm really interested in that for another day because yeah yeah, that's the first i've heard of that into that yeah there's uh, some other ones too before we start how, uh, I always got to ask my 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 startup question. And how's your week going, buddy? How's it my been? My week has been fast. It's moved quick. How has it been? I've had a couple of good nights of sleep over a, a, hey, a rash of wins. bad. Yeah, those are total wins. I had a rash of just really, uh, really rough sleep. Um, but I've had a couple a couple good ones. Um, made some improvements on that. And um, my daughter's cool. going to a a bridging ceremony for her um, Girl Scouts. You know, she's uh, moving up to the brownies, going from the daisies to the brownies. So we got to drive two hours uh, way down in the, down near the four corners, which um, uh, I was like, well, oh yeah, way past that. It's two hours away. It's past, it's, you hit Colorado Springs and then you kind of head Southwest. um, Oh, towards Pueblo. 
towards yeah, a little little west of Pueblo, but it's it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. They walk across this bridge, and but I was like, cool, you know, we'll go do it a little road trip. And they're like, yeah, you need to be down there at like nine. I was like, dude, it's like two hours away. It's a Saturday. I can't. What do you mean? Um, so we got to get everybody up and up and out. But that's what I got cool. going on. What's going on with you? What's happening? Uh, well, my uh, my son is still having his night terrors, which oh, man. just it's it's tough and i mean it you know it uh it, there's really not much you can do and just go over and hug him and hold him and he eventually settles down but it uh definitely uh, it kind of disrupts the sleep but yeah it's, it is what it is and just work through that other than that it's uh, like you say it's it's hard to believe it's thursday yeah. i was just looking yeah. uh we're almost halfway we're pushing pretty much near the halfway point of the year it's, it's going by fast i know it is man end of school is coming so anyway uh, yes Next week for me, for my yep. kids. But um, all right, uh, uh, not that if people need to know and or care about my my kids' school schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there's a lot of questions about that, so I just thought I'd share that with everybody. Yes, yeah. Um, but I know you got an interesting uh, comment yep. from one of our listeners, and I figured I'm going to let you talk okay, about this I'll one. Run this with one this. kind of piques your, uh, yeah. you know, your interest. Couple, yeah, so I get a lot of questions where people are asking um, like sort of the general, how do I improve? Or what are my values? How do I determine values? You talk about values all the time and what are my values supposed to be? Where do I make improvements? And one of the things that um, I've mentioned, I think, I think I've mentioned, but the way that I conceptualize uh, our life is uh, that we have these constellations uh, or think of them like spokes on a wheel that or even a better analogy is gardens i use the word uh, the analogy of gardens i think it's even written about on one of the websites make this garden i think uh, matt mcnillan associates is a garden comparison but um we, we have these areas of our life that you know if you think about a garden what do, what do you put in a garden well you grow fruits and vegetables uh or maybe it's just infested with weeds and rodents or maybe there's no garden there. It's just a concrete slab, right? But a garden is something that you can either cultivate or you can ignore or it can be non-existent. But we have these spokes of the wheel, these constellations that can become dysfunctional in our life. And what happens is we tend to focus on just a few. We put most of our energy in a few and we ignore the others until something blows up until it gets infested with with weeds. And then we run over there and try to tend to it. Uh, and, but the problem is what happens with weeds, if you've ever done any gardening, weeds jump the fence, right? So you wanna get rid of the weeds because they can find their way. They can go under the fence, they can go over the fence. They start to infest all the other gardens next to it. So the constellations that I've found clinically that where people get into trouble, there's there's nine constellations. And it's funny, I used to really think of it as eight, but there's one last one that I've added that's been a really a response to COVID. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what that is. But the constellations are career, your health, your physical health, your body health, your emotional health, your hobbies, your avocation, spirituality. And that doesn't necessarily mean religion. It just means something that feels power, powerful or significant or mysterious that's outside of yourself, but that impacts yourself. Intimate relationships, family and friends. And I 
combine those two because some people don't have family. Their friends really are their, their family. So family and friends, finances, and the last one is community. So those are the, the different areas of our life that are, are, that impact us, whether we're aware of it or not. They are the constellations that can become dysfunctional. And every issue that people come to me with, whether it's for coaching or whether it's for, um, uh, for therapy, falls into those, those different categories. And so when people say, I want to make an improvement or what are my values? Well, the question is, is well, in which part of your life? <laughs> it's not like you're just this one thing and there's like, here's my value. It's like, well, what, like your values around finances might be very different around your values around spirituality or your values around hobbies or your value, you know, and what happens I've found is that as with professional pilots, um, which is the bulk of what, you know, was the only thing we do at Lift Effect and the, the, vast majority of what I work with um, are, are pilots. The gardens that we tend are usually finances, career, hobbies. <laughs> it's the pilots. And that's great. But then when something blows up in one of the other gardens is when they come running and saying, oh my God, you know, this, 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 something, something, you know, this is, this is blown up. And then they got to run over and sort of tend to it and, and fix it. And one of the things I try to work to help pilots uh, improve their, their life, and we, we most certainly do in the V1 project, um, is we're looking at all of those constellations and saying what, like, and it's not to say they're equal. You don't spend equal time in career as you do in spirituality. I mean, you're not, or you do in... Uh, you know, hobbies. I mean, that's not, you, you can't be distributed equally. So that's not the goal. But if you're not tending to all those gardens, what happens? They get infested with weeds and rodents and then, or there's just nothing there. There's no garden there. It's a concrete slab. And when there's nothing cultivated there, that creates discord in our life. So to become well-balanced and to kind of improve yourself overall, to make self-improvements, it's really the question of how do I make improvements in each of those areas? What's your do thoughts you find, on that? Uh, well, when you, when you went down the list, I, there's not much that it doesn't, I can't think of anything that, that uh, I would say does isn't covered by one of them. Um, yeah. Just it, it's a curiosity question to me from your perspective. Obviously, they're, they all have importance and they're all, mm -hmm. Every one of them at different times is yes. the most important, where yes. the, because it's of a, of of a pressing need or a pain point. But do you feel like any one of them is is the dominating one or dominates over the others? Um, as far as uh, you know, because they're not all equally balanced. Do you feel any any? I, one I mean, them? I think for professionals you know, pilots, but, you know, physicians or uh, CEOs or um, attorneys, litigators. I mean, career has to be a, a very significant uh, garden that you cultivate uh, at, at that professional level. I mean, we've, we've, we've made a lot of sacrifices. We've spent a lot of, of, of blood, sweat, and tears to even just to get to there. 
um, and then to be able to maintain that. And, you know, when you're flying, for example, I mean, career has to be a huge piece because you're gone for four days a week or three days a week. It's not like you, you clock in, you go for six to eight hours and you come home, uh, which is still significant. Uh, but it's like, you know, you, it's so involved because you're, you may not be working, but you're still on the road and it's still career centric. You're still under the umbrella of the career and the sacrifices that we just have to make. Uh, career is, is a garden that is really significant. I think the motivation for money. Oh, it, you know, where, and I see this is where the wheels come off is uh, it's not that you don't have the money. I mean, well, you know, if you're a regional pilot, uh, spent time at the regionals, you know what it's like to not have any money. I mean, I was on food stamps, literally, um, for a period of my life when I was just, you know, there was no, I mean, it was just atrocious. And, and the stress of not having the resources financially uh, created discord. But flip it on the other side, the drive to, to make more money um, can be a dysfunctional garden, uh, which has impacts across all the other... Con Again, remember, it jumps the fence. So if something becomes discordant in one of those gardens, it's going to spread to all of the other gardens. And, and the, uh, you know, the, the, the push to have more, make more, pick up in open time, find double time. And the airlines are kind of the worst perpetu perpetuators of this is that they don't make life improvements, but they just throw more money at the pilots thinking, well, these guys, they just love the money. They'll go after the money. You just throw a little money at them and they'll spend all their time. They'll go rototill that thing all day if if there's if there's more money in it. And, it, you know, yeah, we sh it's great that pilots are making more money, but what's the cost? Uh, at what cost to the other one of those gardens? other constellations is suffering. Exactly. And we see, you know, we, we know lots of guys, you know, guys and gals that have said, you know, I, I really screwed my life up because I just, I just chased down the dough and I ignored my family or I ignored my health. I ignored, um, you know, my spirituality. I ignored the things that keep me going because I was just, I got to make more money. I got to go, you know, fill the wheelbarrow, the wheelbarrow full of, full of dough. Let me ask the question a different way. Because um, this one I do have a, a, a kind of a definite opinion on. Mm -hmm. And that is, which of those do you feel like gets the short end of the stick that, that tended to the least of, uh, of all of them? That's not mm -hmm. given enough of its due that you've got to tend to it to, to keep it, quote unquote, healthy? Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking to the guy that runs a mental health clinic. Um, As I say, so to me, that's the one, the a, psychological health. It's the emotional, we psychological just, we, health. We just don't give ourselves, uh, it's like, we think we're fine and we and and it's i would say it's more of a case of denial i have no problems i'm good to go there yeah and so we don't really you know and i and i can speak from personal experience on that that, that that's a that's something that we all need to be more aware of and be more willing to acknowledge and i think of all of them that's the one that is the one that is also not people have have issues talking about it yeah you know why do you think that else is? is more visible um, historically, aviation has been a male-dominated um, um, career, and it still is majority percentage-wise. I think men in general, and I could put this across most different career fields also, if you want to say that, have always been the provider. They're always stoic. They always don't, you know, you don't show any 
um, weakness. You just kind of you tough it out. And I just feel like sometimes we and 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 people in the aviation career are also really, really good at compartmentalizing. And you put those two pieces together and you've got people that are willing and able to put that in its little box, put it in the drawer, close it up and move on to other issues, either because that's what the the, uh, situation requires or because it's just convenient. I don't need to deal with it. Um, And I think it's one of those things where I'll give you an analogy that I've always said, I tell this to my kids. If there's an issue, deal with it. Because what is a little minor irritant today that you talk about and gets it over with, if you don't, it, all the little minor irritants build up and one day you explode and over what is a little minor irritant, people are going, what the heck's wrong? Why are you so upset? Because it's all those other things that's accumulated that you've just put, you've just ignored. And I think we as a as a group are do that. And then when it does happen, we struggle to deal with it uh, because it's something we've so let me give you a, let me give you some perspective on this. Uh, there there's something called again the, just my opinion. Yeah. Well, let me let's talk about kind of what the data and what the research shows. There there's things called the culturation. A culturation is what is the culture scape? What are the rules and the norms uh, of of the culture that that dictates? Is it's sort of nature versus nurture? This is how how we're nurtured to evolve. And to be able to cope. And men in our society are acculturated to express two emotions. Just two. Good. I'm good. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, Or anger. And it's celebrated in our society, in fact. Men are rewarded for those emotions. Anger, oh, he's really powerful, right? very powerful male um and that's created a i mean there's actual condition that men suffer from called alexithymia which is here's the demonstration of it i'll ask a guy how do you feel if it's not outside of fear or outside of anger or good and you know what the most common answer is i don't know I don't know how I feel, especially when something's happening for them. I just talked to a guy this morning. Um, his wife's leaving him. That's it. He's done. And I, you know, he's devastated and he's in tears and he doesn't know what to do. And I said, well, how do you feel? What do you, what, what's going on for you? How, how does all of this feel to you right now? Could express the anger. But when it was outside of the anger, it was, I don't know how I feel. It's called alexithymia. I've been guilty of that. I have to work at that myself. Uh, And part of that is because one is men, we don't even have the language around being able to express what we're feeling. Um, There's no language development, right? It's never been described to us. It's not been modeled to us. And in fact, this is what happens, right? As soon as you start to open that up, and this is exactly what this poor soul did this morning with me. As St- soon as you start to open up some of that, of that, it immediately goes to, I don't want to be a pussy here. I shouldn't be, I- I'm sorry for being such a pussy. And that, that's what we've done to ourselves. 
and let's not, we'll get to the women what's been done to women but you know that's a whole nother another thing but as men we have been acculturated to uh not express anything but it's a anger and weakness, good not strength yep we're always supposed supposed to be the stoic strong one that's right and uh so we don't we don't even have the language around it and we we don't have the we, we can't describe it and then when we do feel something that's outside of that it's typically i don't i don't really know <laughs> what i'm feeling and so a lot of what we have to do with men at lift effect is to kind of teach them and and educate them around emotional well-being and how their brains work that's why i take a very biological approach is like a systems approach okay tell me how the airplane works how does the airplane fly well how does the mind work how does the mind fly so it's not you know it's not woo woo it's not kind of voodoo it's more it's biological to kind of give you the foundation to start to be able to talk about what we feel women if they express anger that's not a culturally acceptable, right? Angry woman is hysterical, histrionic. She's the B word because they're acculturated to not show that at all. You can't be strong, right? Might make you make you the B word. So it's cultural. In other cultures, it's very different. You know, it's it's very different, but. These are cultural norms, and this is kind of how we've arrived at this at this place. So I think part of the reason that men uh, find themselves in these situations is a lot of it is acculturated. It's it's what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. You know, and obviously, the, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole for just a second mm -hmm. with the psychological health. And you were talking about why is it some, that it's something that up until recently hasn't really been talked about people kind of avoided discussion and i'm going to ask you a question again i have an opinion yep. uh, on it what do you think has driven the recent um people being more willing to talk about it um do you feel like there was a there's an event or um something that has occurred that has allowed it to be more people can be more open and talking about it than previously like i said uh I have an opinion on it, but I'll, I'm curious. I think there's generational generational shift is certainly part of it. The younger generations, uh, you know, like the the baby boomers, like grew up with, you know, you don't talk. Men don't talk about that stuff. Men go to work, don't complain, work yourself to death, die. You know, like that's there's no emotional nothing. And the and the greatest generation they call the greatest generation, whatever you know, um, you know they. Uh, talking about your emotions was like not a thing that's just not and they didn't they didn't talk about it which yeah greatest generation sure but a lot of dysfunction and they died early and there's a lot of you know uh so but the and then the gen xers you know, my generation is kind of like sort of latchkey kid generation we started to sort of talk about it you know ssris came out when we were in college <laughs> and so it was like depression was a thing and, we, you know, yeah. and, and everybody went and got on Prozac, you know. Uh, and then there's the millennials where they all had therapists growing up. Their parents were in therapy. They did family therapy. They had school counselors that were present. And then the Zs, forget about it. They're, you know, they all have therapists. And it's so, I think a lot of the generational shift, mental health has become much more acknowledged and just sort of part of 
uh, like, you know, mental health to young kids. It's like, I mean, it's as, yeah. it's as common as putting your shoes on. It's not, it's not a, it's not like a big taboo, um, a taboo issue. So I think that's, that's happened. I think COVID did something as well. It, it put, it really put people into different kind of fear states, um, and it was disruptive and it was scary and, no, and people alive hadn't ever gone through something like this. You know, they'd never gone through a pandemic, a big flu or a, uh, not COVID wasn't the flu, not don't, let's not do that. We're not having that conversation. But, uh, but you know, we had never had a biological contagion on a global level that we had dealt with, unlike uh, previous generations had dealt with that stuff. Uh, it was our first, you know, time uh, dealing with it. And it threw people in a tailspin. And I think the I think social media um, has done. There's some good things about social media and some really bad things. But the awareness piece around mental health and uh, the impacts of of poor mental health is it's so like accessible and it's talked about. And there's a there's platforms around this. There's podcasts. I mean that we this wasn't a thing 20 years ago right just you could just you can go get an education on on uh spotify and youtube i mean you can go get a phd worth of material for nothing so the access has changed that's kind of my thoughts on it i mean there's a lot more to that but what's your what's your opinion on it i knew you're waiting to ask (laughs) um to me the seminal event happened before covid Mm. And it happened over an extent over an extended period of time, um, and uh, I believe it was the Iraq Afghanistan conflict. Hmm. And I'm going to say conflict, and it was over a period of years, and it didn't start in 2000, you know, one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about from 2006, seven till about 2014, 15, and. We had something that had never really happened in peacetime, and that was a large-scale mobilization, if you want to say, or activation, I shouldn't say mobilization, um, of guard and reservists. And mm. we were having whole units coming from towns, going over and exp- and spending year, year and a half, coming home, going being home for a year, year and a half, going back again. And these were young kids. Yeah, multiple so they, so deployments. Multiple yeah. deployments, and all of a sudden, you were seeing major of uh, uh, mental health issues. They were coming because what was you? I can't say unique, but what was different about this conflict is a military force, with the exception of a small group inside of all the services that's trained to be a policeman. You know, military police, mm-hmm. security forces, whatever whatever they are, the majority are there to learn how to fight, to soldier, to to fly and fight. Mm-hmm. They're not there to be policemen, and most of them ended up being there in a police type environment where they were they weren't trained to do that. And so people would be coming up, and for whatever reason, either because of ideological or because of pressure, mm-hmm. that hey, if you don't do this, we're going to kill the rest of your family. People that you you were working with or that you gave candy to children, the next day would blow themselves up um, to kill an infidel, uh, really affected people in a very big way. And all of a sudden, this was becoming 
front front page kind of issues for people. And I think that's what kind of brought it to the forefront because it affected so many people in such a short period of time. And, and the younger generation was more willing to talk about it. So when it affected them, this wasn't hide in the shadows like the Vietnam War where people came home and they were just the weird crazies that slept underneath the bridge. These were everyday American, you know, youth that were struggling to, to cope with this in in and going back and forth. It it I think that was when it started. That's when people started acknowledging, hey, this is not something that's just, you know, for people that are just not quite right in the head. There's events. PTSD is a real thing. Mental health, mental um, um, uh, education for mm -hmm. mental health awareness is a big deal. And I, I think that's when it started. Uh, COVID, mm -hmm. I think, definitely highlighted it because now it affected everybody. You didn't have to be off in a conflict. But I think it started then where people were already starting to talk about it. And some industries, some career fields were more readily uh willing to address it so how, do, the aviation so how do you community was slow yeah so we're talking in the aviation community not yeah. not yeah i, I yeah, agree and i'm I just saying but, uh, but, yeah. but i think it also helps with the families to kind of understand things there was a more acceptance when people started being willing to talk about it it wasn't oh well you oh you got that you know it, it was waiting for people to talk about it versus the stigma of, once people started they realized oh it's not it's not a stigma um, because other people had already been realized that this is a thing yeah. versus you finally talk about it and people go, oh, I don't want to talk to you, you know, or well, that, you're weak. So I, I feel like it was a combination of those two things. It's still pretty damn underground though, isn't it? It, 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 it takes, it, this is not something that's fixed overnight or people come out and talk about it. The resources, the help, um, mm. the, the willingness to, to have the support is still something that's evolving. So yes, mm -hmm. I think it is people, you know, because when you look at the pilot force, you've got a really young group that I think you've mentioned is more willing to talk about it. And you've got a large group that is reaching near the end of their their career life that has spent an entire career of not really talking about it mm -hmm. and addressing it. So yeah. I think you're, you know, for the next five, 10 years, you're going to still see these people that have really not... They've kind of kept it in the in in the lock you know locked away for so long, and whatever mm -hmm. reason, because you were saying there were two groups: the really young, and the people getting ready to retire. Yeah, That's the and kind there's of different subgroups. You know, I mean, we're talking yep. military. I mean, there, more more military members have died by suicide than have died in the conflicts. You know, and like that's there's. I mean, I can't remember how many it is. Like several a day. Um, I think that's decreased a little bit, but. You know, like it begs the question: What the hell is going on? I mean, what what is what are we doing here? Didn't mean to drag you so deep down into that, but it was something that was just something that I've always felt like. You know, there were triggers that, and this was an, a a good thing that came out of a very bad mm. um, time for people going over and seeing. But when you time all together the constellations and you put them yep. all together, how do you see somebody? Uh, having a healthy balance with those and making sure that they're tending to all of the different gardens. This is and the not values too much work. focus. Yeah. Too much focus in one garden at the expense of well, most or all the others. Yeah, there's a difference between goals and values and we live in a in us in a society 
that is so goal centric, right? Goal is I need this, I got to have it, I need to check this off. Um, and there's nothing wrong with goals. We've talked about it in the past. Um, goals are fine, but if they don't support a little higher purpose, you know, of what you care about, then they're kind of stupid goals. And you'll achieve either you'll just give up on them because they're not really that important to you, or you'll achieve it and then you'll be like, eh, what's next? Give me the next empty. the next thing. And I think being able to vet through those gardens and figure out like what do you actually care about in that garden? What what what's the meaning for you? Um, what are your values? Not just goals, but what are your values in those gardens is a great place to start. And you have the only way you can do that is through value creation exercises. I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta work on determining you know what are val what values are and and then how do you actually reflect on them i mean there's a difference when you're 18 of what your values are versus when you're 50 when you're 18 your values are basically what you've been told <laughs> i mean that you haven't lived a lot you haven't done a lot uh yes there are exceptions to the to that but i mean you haven't just you haven't done enough laps around the globe to, to really understand what you care about. But when you're 50 or 60 or 40, you've ex you've actually lived a little bit and you can reflect meaningfully on what has been impactful for you, both, both positively and negatively. So I think when we're looking at the gardens, the first step is to, one, is recognize, oh, these are constellations of my life that matter, that are impactful. And I need to probably evaluate what is the, you know, what is the condition of these things? What's going on in there? What's growing in there? Or what's not growing in there? Is it dead? Is there just nothing in there? You know, getting a getting a fifty thousand foot view first is a good place to start. I, uh, the word I would use is balance. If you're if you're focused, uh, and this is my and the, your opinion. Is, I'm going to vehemently yeah. disagree with you on it. But well, go ahead. but it, what I was going to say is when I say balance. I mean, is when if you're focused exclusively on finances, you're not balanced in that regard. You're the, you need to be realizing that there's other things out there, because you could have all the money in the world and be miserable and have a, no family, no friends, no community. You know, be a be a hermit. And that, to me, like I said, to uh, that's why I use the word balance. You got to make sure you, that you look. You, you got your fingers I mean, in all the pots. Yeah. So. I, but go ahead. I, I am I balance. I think balance is complete bullshit. How how do you how are you balanced when you're gone four days a week? Like uh, you can't like balance. I, I think we we toss the word and we're held to this impossible standard of balance. And like like you haven't been there. You couldn't have gotten to the place where you're at in your career if you were balanced. And so I think balance is this like perfectionistic kind of uh illusory nonsense like you can't possibly be balanced and and look i guess it de de it depends on how do we define balance is it time well you can't be balanced when you're gone 72 hours or you know 96 hours in a week and, and be like okay i want to be balanced at home i mean that this is like that's kind of preposterous i think what it is is start you've got to figure out what is most important and when we're unbalanced we tend to think either nothing is important or everything is important and there's like a lack of a proper vetting sort system of determining what is important I mean, that's why you know 
most important secondary tasks, not everything can have the same level of weight. So being able to filter through what is important is, a, I think, is a step toward achieving more what we would what I would define as of, of balance. But I, I see people come in and they just sh- shame themselves because they say, I'm just not balanced. I can't spend the amount of time with my kids or I come home and I'm exhausted and I can't give the attention to my kids that I want to give them. Um, or I can't, you know, I, I can't spend time over on, you know, here uh, because I'm over here. And and uh, look, you you can't do everything. You can't be everything all the time. But where I see people really fall apart is they just, they don't prioritize they, they don't have a, a way of determining what is actually important and what is not. And then they end up spending all their time doing stupid shit, you know, that's that's not really very important. So, I mean, that's my my thoughts on balance. I'm not a huge fan of balance. I think it's like, I think it's really hard to be balanced when you're uh, when you're in a profession. I guess my, my comment is not to be exclusively unbalanced, to realize that there, you need to be able to... to, to put a portion of your effort across all of those buckets. If you want to look at each one as an individual bucket where you're not dumping it all into one at the exclusion of all the others, because I think it just, it, 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 it has long-term negative effects. That's my, again, my opinion. Well, when you tend to, when you, when you're tending to a garden, um, it might take a little bit of work up front, but once you get everything like seeded and plotted and, and, then it's like a few minutes to water it every day. It's not a big deal. But if you wait for it to blow up, mm-hmm. then you got all this work that you got to do. And that's where where I think people become unbalanced is they don't have a system to regular maintenance. They just wait for it to become sick. It's kind of like how we do healthcare in our country. <laughs> health, <laughs> health, healthcare. Yeah. I mean, it's not called healthcare. It's called sick care. They don't. You don't go to the doctor till you're sick. Which is just the stupidest, like absurd way of 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 optimizing lifespan and, and health span is to wait till you're sick. And unfortunately, yeah, you're, not, we, you're not allowed you know, to go get preventative health screenings and a lot. You don't of get preventive, yeah, because it, they won't they won't cover that. But they'll cover it after you're sick. Well, yeah, I mean that's a for profit system, which you know I'm sure people disagree yep. on that too. But every other place in the world doesn't do it this way, except we do. Come on, right. but. It's, it's, I think the being able to, to spend a little bit of time figuring out what you care about in each of those areas and planting some seeds and cultivating that will allow you to spend a disproportionate amount of time where you need to, and still be able to maintain those gardens to get the, to keep the wheel spinning. But if you just ignore it or don't do anything, then it's going to blow up. And then you're going to have to spend a disproportionate amount of time over there, uh, dealing with you know dealing with that. So that's what I would cons- I would and I'm not, perceive and I as totally balance. Agree with that. Yeah. And I totally I I I can I buy that totally. Any last thoughts you want to throw on your constellations? Is there because you like you say they're spokes? Yep. What is the hub? Is there a hub or is you, it just that's where they all you connect? You're the hub. You will sit in the middle. That is that is the essence of you. Whether what how you feel, think, what you do with your time, what you do with your body, uh, your actions, uh, sit in the center of that. And 
just even writing this out, I mean, you know, there's some, I've shared that wheel. I've got a diagram even with the wheels and I know some, some of our, you know, some of my clients have, have printed that out and they just keep it on their fridge or they take it, keep it on their phone and they just look at it, just looking at it a little bit and be like, okay, where is this at today? What have I done? You know, I haven't done much in this, this garden. Let me, let me make a quick call. You know, let me just, you know, read a passage. Let me write a little, a little entry here. Let me just sprinkle a little bit of, 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 of love on, onto that garden. And it's amazing what that does. But if it's not top of mind, it just, it tends to just get swept under. And so I would, I would just ask people that are listening to this to think about those gardens, career, health, hobbies, emotions spirituality, intimate relationships, family and friends, finances, community. Just spend a moment to just vet through, what, where am I at with these? What's happening in my life in those different areas? And if you just kind of recognize what's happening, it, like, it opens the door to saying, maybe I should, I should cultivate this just a little bit. I think that's a simple ask. You can't take it all on at once. But just even, you know, just the consideration of it puts you in the top 10%. Because most people don't don't even think about this. They're just spending all their time overly invested into a couple of things and ignoring these other areas. And that's fine until it's not fine. And when it's not fine, then you're you're gonna get ripped away to try to do all this damage control that was no preventive maintenance at all. And that's a that's a recipe for disaster. And I think that sums up the one thing which encompasses all of it for today that I would have asked you. We've come to the end of our podcast today. Please, as always, smash the like button, leave a review, comments, send in your comments to us, podcast at lifteffect.com. We read them, we, we talk about them. We're here for you. Matt? Have a good week. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect, a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance related issues. Visit lifteffect.com that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T dot com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect podcast.